Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Utah's own Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to Shouts of Grace Radio. I am your host, Steve Pearson, pastor of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. And we are absolutely delighted that you can join us here today. Hey, if you are a first-time listener, we want to welcome you and also point you to our website at shoutsofgraceradio.com, where there on shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our past broadcasts, as well as uh, drop us a thought or an email or something. Um, And so if you're a returning listener, we want to thank you for your support and also want to give a shout out to key radio um here in the in in provo utah um also i want to just acknowledge um that we are a broadcast that focuses on a biblical worldview, taking um, ideas and thoughts and theology and running them through Scripture, which is the Bible, and then coming out with discussion points. And so that's what we do here on Shouts of Grace Radio, if you're not familiar with that. And also, if you're in northern Utah County and you are looking for a church, why not stop by and say hi uh, to Redemption Hill. We meet on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. in Vista Heights Middle School there in Saratoga Springs. Um, You know, we started a series a couple of weeks ago um, that we've entitled um, Lessons from the Pulpit. And what we're doing is we're tapping into the the wealth of knowledge and experience in life from several different pastors um, across the country, uh, friends of mine. And so today on the phone, um, I have a good friend of mine, Ed Taylor. He is the pastor of Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. What's up, my brother? (laughs) Hey, Steve, good to be with you this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Hey, now, Ed, you are not a, um, you're, you're not a stranger to, to, to radio, are you? <laughs> no, we've been blessed to be, be using radio in amazing, as an amazing medium for almost the entirety of our church. Hmm. And you guys have, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys have a radio station, or maybe two, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I was thinking of it yesterday where, you know, I, get, I, I tend to get a little nostalgic as I get older and just kind of looking at what God has. And we, we started a radio broadcast in one AM station here in Denver. And then fast forward to about 10 years ago, we purchased two full power radio stations, FM radio stations that reach, you know, 80% of the population of Colorado. So it's kind of cool. Wow. Now you and I both um, come from um, a church in Southern California, Calvary Chapel, Downey, where we kind of kind of began ministry. And so we're, we're familiar with the power of Christian radio um, and, and kind of what God can do with that. Um, and, and, and you moved to Colorado um, to start pastoring, gosh, o- over 20 years ago. Is that right? Yeah, when July of 1999, we packed up our little family and moved here to the Denver metro area. Wow. So 20 years of being in Colorado and then and then definitely some some time in ministry before that. Um, you have, you know, like like myself and others, you've witnessed both uh, the peaks of ministry life and all that that entails watching God do amazing things 
but you've also experienced the valleys, both both personal as well as corporately with the church. And so one of the things that I wanted to do today was was kind of talk to you about some of that and, and, and maybe how some of that experience re- relates to life. And, and you've had some you've had some pretty tragic experiences in your life as as, as a part of just being a, a, a Christian and how you handle that, not to mention a, a pastor. And so, Ed, maybe what you can do is is take us to the place where where you kind of when you got into ministry the things that you were excited about and panned out and the things that you never imagined or never saw and kind of and kind of take us through that that trip well thinking back to my salvation experience you know i was I was one of those people that you would look at and just say what a wasted life um, there's no real hope for that guy and even last night I was teaching through on the topic of Saul of Tarsus, and you'd look at Saul and think, you know, that guy, he is so far from being right with God, and he'll probably never be right with God. And that's how I walked into a church. I was invited to a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, the same one you went to, and, and uh, the power of God's Word really grabbed my heart. The love of God was, was an overwhelming uh, was an overwhelming sense of, man, I can't believe it, of all that I've done and all that I am, that God would love me. And, and then to get the privilege, you know, being born again, now I, now God is, his life is in me, I'm a new creation in Christ. And then to be given the opportunity, the trust to serve people in Jesus' name, to actually have my life matter now for good instead of hurting everyone around me. Now God was transforming my life to, to serve. And so in the capacity of the church, that we came from in Downey, California, you know, thousands of people to serve. I had a lot of opportunity to grow and to learn in a, in a controlled environment that would even lead me to think, you know, to think that God could use me as a pastor, which, which he did there. I was the singles pastor for almost three years. And then to stir up thoughts of, you know, I think I want, I think God wants our family to move to a place where there is no Bible teaching church like Calvary Chapel. And, uh, you know, that's our family of churches uh, that we came from, and and where there's that commitment to surrender, uh, a commitment to the moving of the Holy Spirit, and then to plant a church. You know, I think I, I think that, you know, fast-forwarding through all the process of just the overwhelming grace of God that He could use someone like you and me, you know, really, we kind of make a light of it or even make a joke about it or even grab a laugh um, because of it, where the Bible says God chooses the foolish things of the world. But for someone where I sit, that couldn't be more true in my life. I, and, and I don't say it to get the laugh, and I, I actually don't say it. I, I say it to encourage other people that would look at their own life and think, man, I don't think God could ever use me, like, you know, because I've jacked up so much, and I'm, I'm so far from God, and my sin is so great, and, and I'm sure God could forgive everyone around me, but not, not my sin, and not who I am. And to launch off and plant a church, you know, be involved in planting a church. I think the summary of it all is I think if God would have told me how hard it would be and how difficult it would be and how challenging it would be and how much God would use the process of planting a church to, 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 I want, I'm, I don't want to be over, I don't want it to sound over exaggerated, but I, I don't know another phrase to use. So you guys listening in, you know, kind of, kind of grasp this in your own life, but to use this process to crush me hmm. uh, to, so that I might learn to die to myself, I don't think I would have moved, Steve, and that's, I'm straight up. If he would have told me how hard it was going to be, like kind of like Saul, right? He said, uh, hey, Ananias, go talk to Saul because he's praying right now, and I want to tell him 
how much things he's going to suffer for my name's sake. I think if, if I would have been told of just 10 of the things that I experienced in the last 20 years, I don't know that I would have moved. Hmm. You know, that's a, I, I, <laughs> I agree with you hundred percent brother. And, and I'm, I'm a little bit behind you in that with our church plant, just, just recently taken off in the last three years. But um, if, if God would show me just what, you know, the last three years, what it would cost. Um, I agree with you hundred percent and I'll tell you what you learn very quickly. And I'm sure you can agree with this, whatever, whatever painting, whatever canvas, you know, um, man glorifies when it comes to a church planting or ministry life. And, you know, for whatever motives you get into it, you quickly learn to delight in God and not in church because, there are moments, I know I can speak for myself, and I'm sure you can too, there are moments when, just being honest, I just think to myself, um, God, um, I, I don't like, you know, kind of like Moses. When, when Moses, I read Exodus very different now, Ed. It's like when Moses got to that point where he was like, you know what, God, um, I didn't give birth to this, to this nation. You did, so kill me now, right? He was, I mean, this is the real humanity of Moses coming out going, I'm so tired of them blaming me for everything, God. And, and I think God was taking him, when you, you said that crushing process. I agree with you. It's like God was crushing Moses to show him that this is this is what pastoring is about. It's about you being the one who takes the blows oftentimes and you being, you know, brought, I, I, I tell our leaders this all the time, you know, the, the space between the porch and the altar is a bloody place. And, and if you don't have a stomach for it, you can't minister there. You got to go somewhere. You got to find somewhere else to minister. And so, um, you know, when, when I learned quickly and I, I can't delight in church because church yeah. won't fulfill me, but God always will. The people won't always fulfill me, but God always will. And so may, may, maybe talk a little bit about, about that as well. I do think that we, we end up entering into serving God with these visions of grandeur, and, and God has to sort them out. I'm grateful that He doesn't cause us or doesn't require us to sort it all out before we enter in. Like, He, he, he uses the process— like like the gifting of pastor-teacher or the role of elder, leader, co-leader, co-pastor, all of those positions, we, we must never forget that they are the tools that God uses in our personal discipleship. That's our place in the body. Mm. And our, our place in the body is one of great responsibility. Our place in the body is one of leadership, but we have to be careful because we are, we're always leading. People are always looking to us for answers, and God has placed us for those purposes However, it's easy to forget that this is our place in the body. This is, or, or the church that we pastor. I like to share with people like, this is my church. And what I mean by that is not that I own it or I'm the leader or anything. I'm actually not referring to that at all. But it's the church where my family uh, attends. This is where we worship God. This is the expression of our faith comes through this church family. And and yes, I have a position of leadership, um, maybe even some kind of vested authority that comes from God. But none of that is more important than my personal walk with the Lord. And I like what you said, like, like my delight is in the Lord and my relationship with Him and my heart to grow in Him. And, and I know that the, the greater moment-by-moment moment habitual abiding that develops in my life, the better servant of God I'll become, hmm. and the better pastor I'll be as I serve among the flock. Hmm. Hmm. Now, when Job got through his trial, he said something interesting when God came to him and he repented. Job said, I had heard of you, but now I see you. 
And, and I, I find that very interesting because he's referring to that time when he understood the things about God. He understood the attributes about God. And God even assessed his life in the beginning as one of being upright, who fears him. So God even acknowledges that faith. But Job assesses something much different when he comes out the other end of these crushing, life-altering um, changes, um, these, these, these trials in his life. He said, I had heard of you. But now something's different. Now I see you. And, and Ed, um, on the on the other side of the break, I want to talk about um, that that for you because you you've had some things happen in your life personally um, that that have that have made you see the provision and the grace and the mercy and those attributes which we know of God, but you see them a little bit different now because of this. And so I want to I want to kind of tap into that a little bit on the other side of the break. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airwaves with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to Shouts of Grace Radio. I am your host, Steve Pearson, pastor of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, and I am joined today on the phone by a good friend of mine, Ed Taylor, pastor of Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. And Ed, um, before the break, we were we were just kind of talking about this. Um, you, you had referred to this thing of of crushing that 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 God crushes us, and and it's not just for people in ministry. If you are a Christian. You are you are going to be crushed. I, I hope somebody explained that to you at some time when you when you heard the gospel that it wasn't going to be this this easy life that, that that God was going to conform you into the image and and that process was was death to self. And so you I, I liked how you put that that you referred to that God really crushed you. And with that crushing, there's a lot of heartbreak. Um, Ed, if if maybe you can talk about some of the some of the hardest heartbreaks that you've had that God has used the most effectively to kind of shape you as a person and then maybe kind of relate to that to relate that to, to some of the listeners that might be out there going through these crushing times wondering gosh is this even worth it yeah when you think of the life of ministry you think of the life of pastoring and even pondering the life that that we live for Christ I, I look back and some of the most painful things I've experienced, in the role that I've had in the church is is the a couple of things. I mean, first of all, let's say that they're all related to to people. Uh, they're all related the highs and the lows. I like to say some of the greatest highs I've ever experienced, some of the greatest joys I've ever experienced has been in the life of this particular church. And then, of course, some of the worst painful, or I would even say the worst painful thing to date that I've experienced have happened in this church. And what I mean by this church is by the people of this church. And, and I think that the painful, the, some, probably the ongoing painful things that a pastor experiences is desertion and betrayal. Mm. And what I mean by that is that you, you, as a pastor, we're not going anywhere. This is where we've been called. This is the community. It's not that God couldn't call us away sometime in the future, but most likely that's not going to happen. Uh, we've put our feet down firmly planted our lives into a community because we love the community. As a matter of fact, you know, I approached church planting like a missionary. Uh, we came here, and and there's a good chance that we're going to die here. And this is my life's commitment. This is what God has called me to, and I think that that has helped me stick through the thick and thin here. And, and you know, people leaving, uh, people leaving, and, and as they leave, 
Um, I recently read a quote that, you know, as people leave, they it's acutely painful, but it's even more painful when they slam the door behind you and begin to revise history through gossip and slander. Mm. Um, whatever you're, you know, as you guys are listening in and whatever state you are in life and wherever you are in God's church, you may have a view of your pastor to think, well, you know, that's just what he does. He gets up there and teaches and, and uh, plays golf all week and and uh, a, re- a real pastor really gets involved in the lives of his people, pours into the lives of his people. And when when people leave, um, and not being necessarily relieving for the right reasons, um, that's painful because you know their your kids are growing up with them, and and uh, they're they're just moving on. You're not you know I don't like your teaching anymore. I don't like the words. I don't like the chairs we sit in. Whatever whatever the reason is, that's a pain that's a pain point. And then you add to that somebody trying to to just you know, whatever, they're caught up in their own hurt and their own pain, their own frustration, their own flesh. And now they've made it, they've made it their life's goal to destroy a work of God or to harm or hurt in some way. You know, whenever a pastor has that personally, but then when he sees the effect to the broader church, I mean, a lot of guys don't sleep at night because of that. And I have to say that a lot of the low points in life and ministry have been directly related to people and their inability to submit themselves to the sovereignty of God and trusting God even in their own pain. Um, and for me personally, you know, I think um, you're familiar with my story. And, you know, in summary, six years ago, my 27-year-old son passed away suddenly. And uh, I had experienced the loss. I've experienced loss in my life. Both my, my Prior to that, my dad had passed away. And then just after my son passed away my mom did so i i did experience loss but, but losing my son was just overwhelmingly crushing in every sense of that word i don't even know how to describe it um in the difficulty and i i know that uh, it's added a new dynamic to my understanding of hurt and pain and weaving uh weaving the true unchanging gospel message into a meth- and changing the methodology of delivery that might be more sensitive and more helpful to people that are hurting because I think that's the universal pain I mean the universal emotion that we all have whether we recognize it or not is that we've all been hurt sin has wrecked things it's damaged us it, the wages of sin is always death and you know the thing about a pastor is is that most people get to experience their personal pains privately uh, a pastor doesn't have that privilege. The pastor has a privilege of experiencing it publicly uh, because the pastor's life and the leader and the elder's life is on display. And because it's on display, God will use the pains and difficulties in our life uh, to bring him the greatest glory and reveal him as the God of all comfort. And so that was a, you know, that was that 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 loss. I, I almost uh, did not return to the pulpit. I almost mm. went back to the corporate world. I was I was very close because of the discouragement, uh, the depression, uh, the difficulty, the drama. Every D word you can think of was surrounding me at that time, hmm. and uh, I'm very grateful for the faithfulness of God. And and so you know you, you have a lot of little things and a few big things, and and God's grace meets you at all of them. You'd mentioned about the desertion and the and the betrayal, and I think it man that is just spot on. I think. I think it's always hardest when rejection comes with a kiss. I can't imagine what, what the Lord must have felt when there's his trusted friend for, for three years. Like a person who's walking with him and, and you know, kisses him while he's while he's betrayed him. And so that, that definitely is something that, that, that hits home. You know, um, with the passing of your son, 
um, you know, a lot of times I think people think the gospel is for the new believer. It's like it's the person who's unsaved, who's unregenerate. They're sitting there listening. You pull the gospel off the shelf. You, sh- you, you share it with them. They receive it. They accept it. You put it back on the shelf until the next unbeliever. But, but, but that's really not an accurate picture of the gospel at all because when your son died, Ed, I got to imagine that, that you needed to press into the gospel more than ever. And so maybe can you talk about how the gospel relates to your pain? and to the listener's pain is is it for the believer or is it just simply something for the unregenerate i think you make you made a really good point there because i do believe that we we have a tendency to think that the grace of god meets us in our deepest need and then once we're born again it's like god says okay you're on your own now and i've done the work here at the pulpit or at the altar i've done the work here in your car you know you're asking god to forgive you of your sins he meets you where you are but like grace is is not you know I, I think of I think of that saying that says you know people will accuse us that you know Christianity is just a crutch for you and and it's kind of a cliched attitude that people get thrown but but you know really the reality is whether it's Christianity gospel grace however you're viewing our relationship with God it's not merely a crutch like it, it's a hospital hmm. it, it's in like it's it, we don't just kind of lean on it and kind of limp along in life like. It, it, I throw myself completely upon the grace of God and the power mm. of the unending, redemptive power of the gospel in our lives. And I, I think back to Pastor Chuck Smith, who taught us well, and, and he taught us this simple phrase. And it's really, you know, it's like these simple things that we are taught that really don't have any meaning until you need them. It's a kind of like mm. having a shovel in your garage, you know, it's collecting dust until you need to dig a hole. And you're like, oh, I, I have a shovel already. Mm. And and you get it out and you use it. And Pastor Chuck used to teach us, and I'll just paraphrase. He said, you know, when you face, when you come to something in life that you don't understand, that knocks you for a loop, and, you know, grief and loss is like getting punched in the gut, hmm. and you just lose your breath. He says, lean back on the things that you know to be true. When you're facing something you don't know, lean back on the things that you do know. And the things hmm. that I do know is that God is faithful, and he sent his son Jesus to die for me. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses all sin. It's not a religion that saves. It's not a church that saves. It's not a book. It's not a revelation. It's not a dream. It's not a movement. Mm. Only the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse us from all sin and keep us cleansed and keep us strong and keep us covered. And, And God will reveal himself like he did in the time of the old covenant. How much more now in the new covenant that God is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, or he's the God of all comfort, or he's promised never to leave or forsake us. And I think you you really did key on something, that we lean into the things of God in difficult times. Amen. We don't run away. Yeah, amen. You know, for our listeners, I would say this. Um, the, the gospel is is not only for the non-believer, it's so much for the believer, because in in your most difficult, in your hardest times, um, when you press into the gospel that that Christ suffered and that we're to be partakers of Christ's suffering, there there's nobody who suffered more than him. And so the gospel always draws us back to the person of Jesus, the person in the work of Christ, in the face of persecution, in the face of rejection. Um, he suffered and he went all the way. And so I, I think, man, if you can grab hold of the gospel and have a gospel-centered life, it will appeal to everybody 
part of your life, your marriage, your, your, your addictions, your failures, your successes, everything. And so, um, Ed, in, in the last uh, 20 seconds or so, tell us about your church. If somebody wanted to follow you, how, how, would we, how would we go about that? You know, connect with me personally. You can connect with me on my website, edtaylor.org, E-D-T-A-Y-L-O-R.org, in our church. You know, you can go to calvaryco.church. That's our website. Get our free apps, whatever, however you download apps. And I write on grief and ministry, and we have some podcasts and things here that we'd love to connect with you. Hmm. So connect with us. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, we're out of time for this uh, edition of Shouts of Grace. Um, hope to see you. Hope to hear from you. Um, see you next time. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com. You can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.